I'm Stefan Sittig, and welcome to American Theatre Artists Online, where we talk with leading contemporary figures in American theatre. If you've been enjoying the American Theatre Artists Online podcast, I urge you to consider donating to help the artists who produce the theatre that we all love so much. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, many performers, designers, directors, choreographers, stage crew, and theater administration staff are either without a job or in peril of losing their jobs. The Actors Fund provides assistance to artists to cover basic living expenses, such as food, essential medications, utilities, and more. If you love and enjoy theater, please consider donating to the Actors Fund today. Just go to actorsfund.org and press donate. My guest today is Valerie Pettiford, an award-winning actor, dancer, and singer. She earned a Tony and Grammy nomination for Fosse on Broadway and was one of the principal dancers in the first national tour of Bob Fosse's Dancin' and his last original musical, Big Deal. She was part of the original cast of Sophisticated Ladies and was nominated for an Ovation Award as Julie in the tour of Showboat directed by the legendary Hal Prince. Valerie was the first American to portray Velma Kelly in the West End revival of Chicago in London, starring alongside Cheetah Rivera. When Miss Rivera was inducted into the Kennedy Center Honors, she personally requested Valerie reprise the role. Valerie is honored to be part of the Verdon Fosse legacy, reconstructing Bob Fosse's choreography and teaching it to a new generation of dancers, including reconstructing four numbers for the hit FX show Fosse Verdon, starring Michelle Williams and Sam Rockwell. Hi, Valerie. Hello. How are you? I'm wonderful, my dear. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us for American Theatre Artists Online, our podcast. We like to talk to what we call leading contemporary figures in American theatre, and you came to mind. Wow. Well, I'm honored, overjoyed, over the moon. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, I'm so happy. Yes, well, thank you for being here. And, and let me tell you that when I knew that you were coming on uh, to our wonderful uh, podcast and we're going to spend a little time with you, um, I, I took some time to research and to really uh, look into your career and all the wonderful things that you've done. I knew a lot about you already because I am a Fosse, Bob Fosse fanatic, but not everyone uh, might know all the little intricacies and, and the parts of your career. But we'll get into all of that. But before we even dive into your, your work, how are you doing during this quarantine time? I like to ask people because it's been a, a big pause for all of us. Oh, my goodness. 
goodness, it has been one for the books. Um, on one half, on one side of this pandemic, I have fared very well um, because I've, I've kept working and kept working safely. And mm -hmm. I work with people that care about one's safety. So on that hand, thank God, yes. because I know so many people are suffering mm -hmm. and it breaks my heart. And that's on the other side of the pandemic. It breaks my heart. You know what I mean? I, you know, for all the people that are suffering and that are not um, uh, being able to work and um, and then the isolation and not being able to go and hug people, not being able to, you know, go really see my family and friends. It's it's hard. It's, it's not easy. And then to know that it's going to last for a while. This is going to be with us for a while. So, yeah, yeah it's it's it's. It's been a journey. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the theater people that I talk to uh, in New York and D.C. and everywhere around the country uh, have a similar story. And, and some of them are able to keep working online. Did you delve into the online stuff? I know you were doing some some dance classes or things like that. But did you did you did you delve really into performing online or was it more an educational piece? More educational teaching. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah. Head first. Head first. Learning all the new technology and yeah. how to work it and, you know, the do's and don'ts. So, yeah, we went full force, especially with the Fosse legacy. That's wonderful. Yeah. And so, um, you know, uh, aside from all your performance and your, your years of performing and your, your history there, which is quite impressive. Um, you also are now passing it on, right? So now you are you are you are kind of giving to to the younger generation, so to speak, the little children coming up. <laughs> I have to call them, the people in their twenties. Yeah. You're giving them sort of a little bit of that Fosse, you know, so that they understand a bit of what Bob Fosse was about and his style and and his work. Absolutely, that's great. And you know, yeah. I Go ahead, my sweetie. No, I was just going to say, um, I, I think that it's really impressive that someone who's done what you've done, you know, a Tony Award for your work in the show Fosse on Broadway. So I think students that want to learn from... Nominated, nominated. I didn't win. I oh, you didn't, didn't win. win. You didn't win. It was a Tony Award nomination. Sorry. I didn't, you know what? It says here right in front of me, Tony Award nomination, and I read Tony Award because in my mind, I saw you in that performance and I was... Um, talking to some friends about how the hair on my arm went up when you stood up on stage, where the curtain came up. I don't remember that, that, but I remember seeing you dead center singing, Life is just a bowl of cherries. I could yeah. have died, Valerie, and gone oh. to heaven. It's wonderful. <laughs> but anyway. Thank you so much. So, um, you know, what, so let's talk a bit. We're going to talk a lot about your teaching in just a second, but I want that out there first and foremost. People know that you are doing a lot of teaching. Um, so then later on, we'll talk about how they can connect with that. But I wanted to talk a bit about your work in that show, Fosse. What was it like um, putting that show together? Explain to those listening who may, I don't know, who may, may not know what the show was like and what was it about and talk to us a bit about the process that brought it to life. Wonderful. Yeah, well, the show was called Simply Fosse. And it was, you know, for me, it was like a tribute to this man and his great works. And there's so many. And of course, you can't put it all in one show. Um, it was uh, originally conceived by Chet Walker. And, um, and then they brought in Gwen and actually even talked to Bob Fosse about doing this before he had passed. Um, and so by the time we got to, you know, fully realize it, well, they got to fully realize it. Um, it. They brought Annie in. And so it was really at that time now we got Annie 
Uh, and the late Anne Rankin, I can't believe I'm actually saying that. Oh, my God, God bless her incredible about, soul. Yeah, I was and about to late, do a sidebar in there. The late, yeah, the late Greg Gwen Burton. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, and Garth Stravinsky and all the production mm-hmm. and producers, all that kind of stuff. So they got together and did this this show called Fosse. And it really was a retrospect of his brilliant work. And because I had the wonderful opportunity to to work with Mr. Fossey, you know, a few times in my lifetime, it truly was my thank you to him and everything he gave me. And and I am the performer I am because of that man. And so to realize and be able to have the opportunity to do these works that I never got a chance to do uh, early on in my career. And but now I can, you know, do you know mine hair and uh spender and you know i mean it's like oh my god so it, it was just a dream come true and then to top it off to get nominated for tony it's yeah. like i died and gone to heaven so thank you bob and it says something you know because in the show you obviously sang a lot but you really i would say a bulk of what you did was you know singing and dancing but the dancing is key right so if someone doesn't have that fossey doesn't understand and have the experience with the Fosse style. They really can't deliver that. So the Tony nomination was really for your full full performance, but really without that movement, that dance piece, you really couldn't have, have nabbed that nomination. Because, it, 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 I mean, to be able to do the show called Fosse, you have to know the Fosse style. So talk to us a bit about, and it's really hard to do this on a podcast where we don't have visual, right? But because. Um, right. Uh, tell us a bit about what identifies in your mind, if you can, in words, which is hard to do, the Fosse style. Um, what I attribute the Fosse style to is, of course, you have to look at the man and his upbringing, because everything influenced him into what is realized now, which is why I feel is the Fosse language. And so if you look back on Fosse's life and his history and burlesque and such, and who influenced him, um, uh, from uh, uh, different choreographers, uh, sculptures, horses, movement, and all that kind of stuff. Then you add on top of all that uh, in different cultures. Um, then now you add on top of that what he would call his shortcomings. Bob was a balding early on in life, so he would wear a hat. He tended to have rounded shoulders, so that's part of his the the, the aesthetic of his choreography is the hunched over. He um, uh, so there were their movements and attitudes and such because of what he felt was his shortcomings, which is actually not shortcoming at all. Oh, and so, but but when you look at Bob, because you when you look at Bob actually performing numbers, you were saying, oh my God, how did he even feel that he wasn't up to par or, or the type of dancer he wanted to be? He could jump higher than most people, mm. taller than himself. He had extensions and legs and stuff. Mm. And so with Bossy's choreography, you have to be a well-rounded human. Mm. You have to be a well-rounded dancer. You have to have strong ballet technique. You have to have tap, jazz, a little Afro-Cuban, all that kind of mm. stuff. That's what makes a great Fosse dance. And then the next ingredient is your inner work, your inner life, because that's so much important in your focus. And so um, that, that to me is the Fosse, Fosse language. And then, then you see, then you add other little tidbits like the white gloves, 
or the derby. These are things that Bob loved to wear and to love to use. He loved to use the old hat tricks and such. Mm -hmm. And so they are so identifiable uh, when you see the Michael Jacksons or even Beyonce or... You know, you can you can immediately know it's it's it, they were influenced by Bob Oh, you can see. I know there's that one video by Beyonce, and I forget the name of the song where it's literally the rich man's frug, right? A frug or a frug or from Sweet Charity. And no, uh, for, isn't it? Yeah, actually, actually, it's um um it's called Mexican Breakfast, and it's single ladies. Oh, for single ladies. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yes, and then there's another yeah. video she does where she does literally imitate almost the whole rich man's fruit. I have to find that for you. But there's something else. It's crazy how much you're absolutely right. The Michael Jackson was influenced as well as. Um, as Beyonce now. And, and, you know, when you're right about Bob, obviously, when you see him in the films that he did before he became a choreographer, the dancing, the leaps, yep. the jumps, the athleticism, uh, dancing next to Tommy Rawl, I remember, in oh. uh, the two of them. And Tommy Rawl was a pretty amazing ballet and, and uh, a ballet dancer and very athletic. And Bob held his own right next to him, which was so amazing to see in his own style, you know. So um, obviously, so this is something, so when you teach this with, with, with the, the students that you're working with, I assume there's got to be a lot of research or a lot of, you talk to them a lot about this style. Yes. Um, yeah, I, uh, we, we will, you know, share our, you know, anecdotes and things that we learn from Bob, but it really is down to, um, I, don't, I, I don't really like spending a lot of time talking. I like spending a lot of time you know, actually demonstrating and teaching what the choreography is, because that's how you learn. You just, you just got to dive on in and it's, you know, and tactile. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's just amazing to be able to, to pass the torch, to, to give them what Bob gave me, because it's just even more than just dance, Mm -hmm. a freedom, a sense of self, of sense of uh, pride as a dancer. I mean, he changed the face of Broadway. Mm -hmm. He put the dancer in the foreground. We were no longer Mm -hmm. uh, background and accessories. We were the stars. Dancers was the stars of the show. And that was the name of that show called Dancing. And that changed everything for dancers back then. So. Yeah, and that was in the late 70s, correct? 1978, I think, yeah, or something like um, that. Yeah, because I did the very first national tour in 78. So probably like 70, what, seven? A few years before that, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. And and so dancing, I know you also worked on Big Deal, which was the last show, yeah. the original show, I should say, that, that, that Bob had put together um, from scratch, really, from all his, uh, his, you know, his wonderful creativity. Now, so you've performed. Now, here we are talking about these class. I mean, these are now legendary shows. People talk in musical theater about dancing, which was a fully danced show, right, before anyone did that on Broadway. Yeah, there was three, three acts of dancing. Three acts of dancing, singing, and it was amazing. People had no idea how to take that, and it was a huge hit. It was absolutely amazing. Fantastic. And, you know, so he was a pioneer in so many ways, and you got to be part uh, of a lot of those shows. So tell us a bit, um, if you can tell us something then. I know you got to, you know, meet Fosse, work with Fosse. Um, Tell us a bit of... something that we maybe haven't already heard about Bob Fosse and your view, what made him oh, so special? I've got a few. Good. I've got a few. So, um, one, uh, uh, is when we were doing, uh, the show big deal, as you said, was the last show actually as 
last new musical he did the year before he died. Um, uh, in that particular show, I had dined to go into heaven because I was um, helped. He called me personally to, you know, uh, be part of the backers auditions, which is, you know, he puts together a piece of the show and sells it to people so they can put money in the show. Mm -hmm. So I was a part of that. I was part of the skeleton crew to help him create the numbers for mm -hmm. the show, team together for that. I was his dance captain. I helped give auditions. And so I got a, a chance to really work with my idol like nobody before. I mean, mm -hmm. it was... Uh, not like nobody before, but like for me, for it you, was, right. oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Sure. for me, it was like nothing ever that I would ever experience and ever experience since. I mean, to work that kind mm -hmm. of magic with that man, oh my God, and the other dancers. And so what I learned that I didn't know is how wonderful, what a dear man he was. He cared about dancers and how they and their feelings more than anybody because dancers are not treated very well mm. we're the first one to cry the last one to go we stop complaining stop whining dancing you know what i mean it's <laughs> yes. just they put a lot of pressure on dancers and bob not saying he couldn't be tough because they all are tough but you know there was one incident where he he came to us when we were giving auditions and myself linda haberman barbie yeager we were, you know, and sitting in the house with him and he said, look, guys, if you see a dancer that just might not be on the game right now and I'm about to cut them and you know that they can do it, let me know and I'll keep them as long as I can. Wow. I was like, oh, my God. Wow. And then to actually see him go up to that dancer, put his arm around their shoulder and say, look, thank you so much for coming. Not this time, but maybe next time. Oh. And he did that over and over mm. again. And I just thought that was so dear, mm. you know. And it's so, you know, as, as tough as he could be, he could be just as wonderful as he could be. I'm, it was just lovely. So little things like that that people so glad you realize. I'm so glad you shared that um, because I do, and you know, it's it's. I guess you're you're working very hard to to maintain and keep the legacy of the work that Fosse did. But also as a person, uh, I obviously didn't know him, but I, I really am glad that you're giving us insight into a, a full, well-rounded individual, and not just sometimes you know you get just the salacious bits, or you get something for a TV thing, or, or for a biography, or something, and it becomes a little bit about you know things that it, we miss sometimes the humanity of of people who are in that business especially directors uh and choreographers they can get sort of uh morphed into something that they're not and so i'm so glad that you right. were able to explain about um his uh, that's something that to me always comes through when i see his work when i see anything where he's interviewed that sweetness that you talk about to me comes through I don't know how yeah. other people don't see it, but it's there. Um, and that's yeah. wonderful that you're able to share. Any other, um, so what, What? I mean, when you were working on Big Deal, for example, that was such a new thing that he was putting together. If I recall, yeah. he was not using original music. He was using existing, prior existing music, correct, in Big Deal? Yeah, popular popular music of that time, you yeah. know, the 20s and 30s and, and such. Um, and yeah, the, 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 he was so ahead of his time. They, Broadway wasn't ready for that. Mm. Broadway wasn't ready really for using the entire theater 
as, you know, instead of just in the proscenium, he was, you know, he had a zip line. People, you know, the guys mm. came up through the, you know, the balcony and zip line on the stage. Mm. And so the audience, you're now looking all around. They weren't used to that. And, you know, sometimes um, I just remember one critic was saying it was so dark. The look of it was so dark. Well, he did that for a reason. They just weren't ready. Yeah. They just weren't ready uh, mm. uh, for his visuals, his cinematic mm. uh, abilities to put that on stage. Now it's like old hat. But at that time, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were they weren't ready for it. <laughs> so since you're talking, I absolutely agree. And since you're talking about him being ahead of ahead of his time, let's talk a bit about the musical Chicago, which I know yes. you um, got to be, let me get this right, in London, in the West End, yes. right? You were um, the first American to portray Velma Kelly, were you not? Yes. And who did you perform and, and, alongside? And, and, and you know, and, yes, and you know who my Roxy was. Who was your, tell us who your Roxy was. My Roxy was Cheetah Rivera. And everyone just died <laughs> listening to the fight. Oh, my God. Well, wow. uh, first of all, it was Sheeta Rivera playing Roxy. Second of all, it was Sheeta Rivera who created Velma. Right. And, you <laughs> and got I, I, now I'm doing her role that she created. So that must have been Rivera trip. looking at me. So what was that <laughs> trip like? Since we're talking about, you know, and you can talk a bit about Chicago, too, and how ahead of its time it was as a musical when it came out in 1970 five way ahead of the revival right that later 20 it took 20 years for people to catch up <laughs> yes yeah so how was it doing um, so, doing chicago and london with with ms rivera <laughs> good god i mean what can i say she is a goddess i tell her she's an alien she's just not of this world mm. i mean i huge fan i mean it was like everything she's everything to me and to, to now share the stage with my idol people don't get a chance to do that in a lifetime well i have and Fantastic. she is the consummate i mean performer but she is the nicest human being on the faces of the earth she's so giving she knew everybody's name mm. she spoke to everybody every day Every Sunday, she would have a whole spread for the entire cast and crew mm. of breakfast items and teas and all that kind of stuff. We would, and she, oh my God! And then to see her on stage, uh, when I wasn't on stage as Velma, instead of going back to my dressing room, I was in the wings watching her mm. do her magic wow. and learning and stealing everything I possibly could mm. from the master. Wow. And, you know, she, yeah. she, she's one of those people that really um, encompasses, you know, performing uh, in yeah. so many different ways and so fantastic ahead of her time as well. Uh, and so yeah. w what, I mean, doing Chicago, in, the musical Chicago in London with Cheetah, are you, I mean, what, did she share any stories from the original production? Actually, you know what, we did not. We did, yeah. She did not share stories from the original, um, uh, and you know, I just, it just, she's so good that way. I mean, yeah. she not that she didn't remember, but it's a whole, it was a whole new Chicago now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's mm -hmm. so many things that are different from the original uh, to the beautiful revival. Um, so yeah, that's a very good question. No one's ever asked us that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, when she really never talked about it, I just know. When she mentions the name Gwen Burton, 
she lights up like oh. nobody's business. So you can you, you can just him. know yeah. what, how beautiful that relationship was. And she even says it in her beautiful one woman show, you know, uh, when she talks about Chicago, when she does the number and she has that empty spotlight, you know, sitting, standing right mm. next to her. You know what I mean? That's her Gwen. So yeah, yeah. that that's a separate thing that should never mix. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. It's a different. Everything's new, and every performance she's interpreting. You know, every every production is a new production. Um, and of course, when Ms. Rivera was inducted into the Kennedy Center Honors, she had her choice of who she wanted to come and 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 you know perform for her and reprise that piece. And guess who got called? Right, you. <laughs> no, freak me out, freak me out. I was so honored. I'm I still, know. I still like can't believe I actually yeah. got a chance to do that for her. Fantastic for her. Right. You know, I'm it's so like, glad. yeah. Uh, I think she made the right choice. Thank uh, you, baby. Uh, no, from everything I've seen. Now, let me tell you. Um, you just mentioned a very important name as we're talking about the wonderful Cheetah Rivera. You just mentioned Miss Gwen Verdon. Um, can you tell us a little bit to those listening in, anyone who may not know who Gwen Verdon is? Valerie's about to tell you. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit more about Gwen Verdon and the importance of uh, the Verdon Fosse legacy and what you're doing to work there to, to, to keep that alive. So tell us first about Gwen Verdon, who she was, and then a little bit about the legacy, if you can. Well, Gwen Verdon is one of the most iconic dancer, singer, actresses ever. Mm-hmm. Before Bob Fosse, she <laughs> was the star of Broadway. Yes. She she was she was the name in that that relationship before they got together. So anybody needs to do anything is Google Gwen Burden because she, oh my God, her was an extraordinary human being, and her talent bar none was one of the best of the best. I mean, truly epitomizing what a triple threat should look like. That was that's Gwen Burden. That's bar none. And then you know when when she got into the relationship with Bob. There, well, he didn't have he had the best muse in her because she Jean Foote had said to me, um, and it's so true. Gwen dances dances like a man, and not a man in like you know physicality or she, mm-hmm. you know, she she's as strong mm-hmm. as yes. a man in a female body, and he, he's so mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So when you see Bob and Gwen dance together, good God, mm-hmm. I mean. He, 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 I knew he because I, I when working with Bob, I love when he was pleased at what we were doing. We were realizing his vision, and he would stand back and he would have his cigarette hanging out of the corner of his mouth and squint in the eye because of the smoke, and he'd get this grin on his face that he that we were doing a great job. You know what I mean? And so the way he would look at Gwen was like. <laughs> like the best because she was so amazing doing his work mm-hmm. and I can only imagine how intimidated he was doing his work you know and, and and seeing her do it and he had to keep up with her wow so yeah, yeah. and there was a whole yeah. legacy and then, and then, right of Gwen with Jack Cole prior to coming to working with with Bob Fosse she had been I guess what you would call or she had I just say I was gonna say a Jack Cole dancer but she was but I would say she worked she danced a lot of Jack Cole material I should say rather. right 
And he was a big influence on Bob as well. Yes. All that style of jazz, especially when I mm -hmm. get into the teaching, you know, people really need to study Jack Cole and all, mm -hmm. you know, all the greats back then, Captain Dunham and all those kind of techniques because it influenced all of us, but also influenced, you know, what Bob Fosse ended up becoming. But yeah, you know, Jack, you know, Jack Cole's right arm was Gwen Burton. I mean, you know, she helped put, you know, together with Marilyn Monroe and mm -hmm. the great Jane Russell. Gentlemen prefer blondes. You see that great photo of her rehearsing them and such. So she yes. was such a force. Mm -hmm. And you couldn't take your eyes off of her. And to this day, she is truly the best of the best. Mm. I mean, there are some extraordinary dancers from Fosse. Come on, like Anne Ranking. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could, the list goes on and on. But there will be no other. And like Cheetah and Paula mm -hmm. Kelly. And, I mean, they're all yeah. incredible. But Gwen Burton. Stands out. It's Gwen Verdon. Yeah, she's always Gwen Verdon. And like you said, she was Gwen Verdon before she met Bob Fosse too. So that's, she brought, yeah. brought all of that. Yeah. So talk a, yeah. talk a bit about um, the Verdon Fosse legacy. Um, what is it exactly? Is this a program? Is this a, is it, what are you guys, um, I know that you're reconstructing a lot of Bob Fosse's work and teaching it to a new generation. But what else, I mean, what is the overall arching theme of, of, of the, the Fosse, the Verdon Fosse legacy? Yeah, well, it's, you know, headed by their daughter, Nicole Fosse. How beautiful is that? Yes. And it's just her maintaining the integrity of his work and keeping that alive. And so throughout, you know, different variations and venues and forms, whether it's a show, whether it's, you know, going to the uh, universities and schools and international, um, it's, it's about, you know, maintaining the integrity and keeping his legacy alive through masterclasses and whatever project she wants, for instance, like what happened with the FX project, um, you know, bringing on the legacy to, uh, you know, help recreate the original, as close as we can get to the original choreography, uh, especially when there's a lot of stuff that has not been taped and we don't have archival uh, references and such. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's basically what this, this incredible uh, 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 legacy is all about. Wonderful. And this, you know, the and, yeah. and you mentioned the FX show, which is called Fosse Verdon. For anyone who's not seen it, wonderful, I guess, what do you call it? A, a limited series of, of yeah, yeah uh, fantastic about the work and a bit about the life of Fosse, Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon as a couple yeah. and separately. And, and, and so there are a lot of numbers in that show, right? It's a wonderful show for anyone who I, I highly recommend it on FX. Um, and you were involved in reconstructing four of the numbers, correct, for this hit yeah. show with Michelle Williams, for those who don't know, and Sam Rockwell. It was so much fun to watch both of them. So tell us a bit about that project for you. That must have been amazing. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, I have to, you know, I don't think Nicole, but think Andy Blankenbuehler, mm. who was the choreographer mm -hmm. for the FX project. And so any original stuff, uh, that was Andy Blankenbuehler's uh, work. And Andy Blankenbuehler was definitely spearheaded for the uh, the Vernon Fosse legacy to um, be the reconstructors when it came time to talk about those particular numbers that will, you know, move forward their vision of what the story, you know, the story is going to be. And listening about those listening in, Andy Blankenbuehler, the choreographer, also was in Fosse with you, but the choreographer yes. for In the Heights and... 
Hamilton, which everyone talks about all the time, but which is great, and it, yeah. as they should. But um, so I just want to put that out there for people listening. So you you worked with Andy on that show, um, and and how was it putting together these four numbers? He called on you and said, "Listen, someone needs to know these." Called numbers. on called on me and said, "Valerie, you know, I know you've done mine hair." Uh Let's do mine hair. Uh And then he gave me free reign. It was fantastic. He just, because he knew I could do it. He Mm -hmm. knew, you know, this is what we've been doing. And so um, I got a chance. Smart guy, because he could have tried to do it all himself. And instead he called you in. That was smart. Right. Smart. It was just brilliant. And so he, you know, had these incredible dancers and headed by Kelly Barrett. Mm. As Lysa, oh my God. Now, you know, so so people need to realize is that we had maybe a couple of days to put this together. Mm. And when you do Fonzie's work, you need time. Yeah. Well, when I put, was put into dancing, it's like six weeks of rehearsal. I mean, of course, there's a, minute, a lot of numbers, but mm. people don't realize these kids have to learn things that were just because you're a great dancer doesn't mean you can do Fonzie. There's yes. a different aesthetic. There's a different thing happening. And so it takes time to get it. Mm-hmm. They didn't have time. Mm. And so they were the best of the best. Mm. And then Kelly, she considered herself an actor, dan- a singer first, not a dancer first. Mm. She was so brilliant. I mm-hmm. I applaud her. Oh, my God. Well, and I worked job, her and you... I worked her. Yeah. And so to, to be able to get as close as possible to that original was a dream come true that it spends a lot of hours going fine tooth comb looking at thank god we have the, you know liza doing it mm-hmm. but you know there are things that you couldn't see yeah, because i've worked with bob yeah. i kind of knew what he was going to do and mm-hmm. kind of go i have that sixth sense mm-hmm. um but anyway so i had an opportunity to do that and then i came back and did uh all that jazz mm. A uh, little bit of uh, when um, uh, uh, when uh, reach for the gun, and the gun. and then Chicago. I got the wonderful chance to do a little bit of nowadays mm. with Michelle Williams uh, and of course Bianca playing yes. uh, Cheetah. Yeah, Bianca Maracan. Uh And so, uh, yeah, so you got, nowadays, that's a number you know very, very well for having been in, in Chicago right next to Miss Gina Rivera. You, you, you knew that one really, really well. But so you had to put all these together, which must have been fascinating. And what a fascinating thing for the audience to be able to watch these these shows that have this recreation. It's such an homage to Fosse and to, for them to get the right people to do it, the people who knew, who had the history, like you, right? I mean, and, and, and Andy, yeah. uh, to be able to work on that. Um, and what was it like working with Michelle Williams and Sam Rockwell? Because neither of them, I mean, I think they're talent, they're incredibly talented people, but they're not known as dancers, right? Um, so right. how was that? That must have been an extra challenge. Oh my God! Well, I I never I really didn't get a chance to work with uh, uh, Sam. That was a uh, great Marianne Lamb who really mm-hmm. guided him beautifully. But he did ask questions about Bob, and I mm-hmm. got yeah got gave him a little couple of little anecdotes and things and stuff like that. But as I said, I did get a chance to work with Michelle on the number once again. Mm-hmm. Died and went to heaven. <laughs> Just to be in the same room with her was okay. amazing, and to watch her. Oh my God! Just soak up. She's a sponge, mm. and yes, and, and yes, and I know it had to be intimidating for her to, you know, because she's not a dancer first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's like me going into acting with her. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. I'm intimidated by you because that is you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I understood where she was coming from, but she is such a consummate performer. She, she, she captured Gwen's essence so beautifully. And so now with the steps, she, she, she got it. She knew where it was coming from. And she is enough of a dancer to know how to uh, fit it onto her body. And we, I was enough of, uh, of a trainer to know what was right for her and look good and keeping the, the, the uh, purity of the steps as well. Mm. Um, I, I love doing that. I, I love being able to work in that uh, setting, especially when someone is not a dancer first. Mm. And so, um, yeah, because you, you have to handle them in a certain way to, uh, to portray what you need, and, but also to actually do the right steps as well Absolutely. in the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's an authenticity there that has to be there for Fosse, otherwise it it doesn't yeah. work. And people will spot it. <laughs> they will they will oh, call people my, up. Yeah. They're, you know, so but <laughs> so their responsibility is huge and you did a fantastic job. I truly enjoyed Thank watching you. that series and have seen it a couple of times now just because there's so many little things that you find each time you you, you see it again, uh, a little tidbit especially in the dancing. Fantastic. Um so we've talked a lot about Fosse. We haven't talked a whole yes. lot about Valerie. Uh, uh, and so I wanted to talk, since I've got this opportunity quickly to chat with you, I don't want to lose the opportunity to find out a little bit more about you. Because uh, yes, Fosse is a big part of what you do, but it's not you, it's not all of you. What, how did you get your start in theater? Or was this something, if we go back just a little bit, that you always wanted to do? Did you all, was it dance through dance first? Was it musical theater? Yeah. Did you have a mentor? How did you get started in this amazing profession that we all, I'm very thankful that you decided to pursue. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate it. Uh, as my parents would say, I came out dancing. They knew I was going to be a dancer. And I knew at the age of two that this was, uh, this was what I was going to do. Wonderful. I was going to be a dancer. And originally, I wanted to be a ballerina. Margot Fontaine mm. was my idol. And because mm. that's who I saw on television. And so I really wanted to be a ballerina. And uh, from that point on, uh, when I first took my first dance class, um, yeah, that's what that was. That was my focus is being in the ballet world. Um, Then now let's jump to when I went to high school, which uh, I went to performing arts high school. Um, I decided uh, as a ballet major, um, I started taking modern dance. Actually, let me just let me jump back a little bit. So. Once, um, once I started dance class at the age of eight, I went to um, two dancing schools, Gloria Jackson and then the second one, Bernice Johnson. They changed my life. Um, yes, I had ballet, jazz, tap, Afro-Cuban, all kinds mm. of wonderful things. Uh, when I New went York. to Bernice Johnson. Yep, Queens, New York. Queens, okay, there we go. And so once I went to Bernice Johnson, now I'm like, you know, 11 years old um, and doing all this wonderful stuff. She had us teaching and choreographing. Mm. I was teaching and choreographing at the age of 11. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Uh, So brilliant. She taught me everything I know. I love her. Oh, my God. All the dances, all all that kind of stuff. And so then I went to performing arts high school as a ballet major and I fell in love with modern dance. And then I changed majors Mm. um, to the modern dance department. And then I saw my first Broadway show, which was The Wiz. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to do a concert. I want to do Broadway. Mm. And so that's where my love of Broadway. But my first job was The Wiz movie. 
Oh, fantastic. That was one of the dances. Oh, so that yeah. must have been a nice, yeah. a nice moment for you of sort of realization that you oh were on the... <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Well, I, I had to leave high school. Mm. Uh, to do it, I left junior uh, perform, uh, uh, my junior year at performing arts high school mm. uh, because at that particular school you couldn't work and uh, perform at the same time. Right. And so I had to leave school, mm. and I did. And then my mom and dad said, "Okay, you're going to take that money you made and you're going to graduate <laughs> from professional school," which I did. Good, good, <laughs> wonderful. That's great. So that's that's good. And so then from there you go after high school. Is it is it um, you're so close to, to New York City? You're in the city already. I mean, are you are you drawn to Broadway immediately, or do you do regional? Or what, what what was your thought there for? Well, it was me and my first. So right. So after my first job, mm-hmm. my second job was a Broadway show. Um, okay. So I mean, I went right into right onto Broadway. Right onto Broadway, and unfortunately, that show closed the day after it opened. Mm. It was called the Broadway Musical, mm. and but I never forget. You know, once that show closed, and we were picking up our stuff, I uh, went to um, corner of Forty Fourth Street and Broadway, picked up a backstage, and uh, I saw an audition for the show Dancing. Uh, so, uh. and then I ended up getting that. But before I even did that, I had auditioned for uh, the movie All That Jazz for Bob. So mm. that was my, actually my first audition for Bob. Wow. So yeah. So you were in there. You were right in the middle of sort of the peak Fosse time, really, when you were there. Uh, and that's so fantastic that, that that aligned for you and for us. Uh, yeah. And it's great. And so then you're just, then the rest, a lot of people know the rest of the history is that you started doing shows and then it was uh, performing life for you. And, 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 and the rest of us just got to sit back and enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. 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 But that was my trajectory right, right into, right into Broadway. And then I, you know, decided that, you know, I really want to be able to do, you know, more leading roles, you know, like Anita in West Side Story, where you had to sing and mm-hmm. act and such. So I really, you know, went to, to acting classes and started getting my craft together. I'm a believer in, in going to class and, mm-hmm. you know, sharpening up your tools, no matter, you know, where you are and what level you are. Just keep it going, keep it growing. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of changed my um direction from you know feature dancer to now principal player speaking of principal player and speaking of a non-fossey project because i want to talk about some non-fossey stuff um you mentioned west side story which is fantastic and i know you played anita there which must have been amazing to i wish i had seen that uh but um I wanted to talk a bit about you in Sophisticated Ladies, uh, because that's one that not a lot of people know about, uh, maybe now, but back then, that was a hot, hot, hot show. I saw it. I loved it um, as a young person. And and um, now, is it true that you were, now, were you the standby or the understudy for Judith Jameson? Yes, I was. Wow, that's got to <laughs> be an amazing dance moment for you, too. Oh my God, that was everything. I came in as a swing mm-hmm. for the show. And um, and matter of fact, it literally went like this. I did Bob Bossy's uh, National Tour of Dancing, auditioned for Sophisticated Ladies. They offered me the swing role. I almost didn't take it because mm-hmm. it was a swing role. And I said, shut up, take this gig. It's one of the best gigs you'll have mm-hmm. right now. Oh my God, to work with these people. Yeah. Uh, get over your ego and take this gig. It's one of the best things I've ever done. Yeah. And so, uh, and then I became uh, Judith's understudy. Mm. Uh, 
dur- during that run and and got a chance to go on and such. That's fantastic. That what a great thing. And so I mean to be able to do that and 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 so you've you've had a lot of experience and we didn't even we just you know unfortunately this this a podcast is not long enough. <laughs> I need to do like <laughs> Part two with Valerie, part three. But, um, I, and, uh, but I do want to be conscious about, about time. But I, I want to say, do you, you've gone through all these different things. You've done so much. And you know, we didn't even touch on your television work, on your film work, which I know uh, uh, some more about. But in this, in, you know, so people look, look up, as I said, we we're just saying to Google people, make sure um, at the end of this that people uh, look, look you up to see all the fantastic work you're doing on television and on film uh, as well. But I wanted to ask you, just since we're about to wrap up soon, what do you want uh, and you're you're a teacher and you're teaching a lot. What do you want young people to know that you wish you had known back then when you were starting? Is there someone out there? You know, if there's someone out there who's interested in doing what you do and they're listening to this podcast and they're in college or they're in high school and they love to dance, you know, how did how do you tell them to get started? What what's your advice to them? The best thing they can do. Well. Um, The best advice I can give, because I keep saying this, is that no matter where you want to go, whether it's just to be an actor or just to be a dancer, don't be just. Learn it all. Mm. Go take acting lessons. Go take your singing lessons. Um, Go take your dance classes. Even though you might, that's not something you pursue, it's just going to help you make you a round, more well-rounded human. Because remember, it's about human experiences that you bring to each role, each character, whether you're dancing it, you're singing it, or acting it. And so why not gather all that information? Also, from an economic standpoint of view, especially once we get out of this awful pandemic, Mm -hmm. is that when you're not doing a Broadway show or a theater performance, you can hopefully go and do television films. When you're not doing television and film, you can hopefully go sing in a club. If you're not singing in a club, maybe you can go do an industrial or fashion show or this or write or direct or whatever. So not only makes you a well-rounded performer, but also keeps money in your pocket. Mm, that's so smart. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, keep, it keeps, you know, being able to pay, you know, your rent and all and you mm-hmm. put food on the table and to be in the business that you want to be in. But you can't do it unless you kind of try to do it all, or at least no, not try to do it all, but just learn about it all. So you can, mm. you know, you, you can have the freedom because it's about the freedom. That's fantastic. What a great advice. And um, so tell us a bit about um, the exciting online, any exciting online projects that you might have coming up. I know you teach for the for the Verdon Fosse Legacy and some of those classes or all of them, I guess now I would say are online, correct? Yes. So please just just you can either follow me on Instagram, Valerie Pettyford, Twitter, Facebook, um, and the Vernon Fosse Legacy. Um, follow them as well. And we have classes all the time on Zoom right now, uh, and have an array of beautiful teachers as and as well as myself in, in that incredible mix. And yeah, and so that's what I that's basically what I'm doing online right now. It's really you know doing the the teaching and uh, uh, via Zoom. Fantastic. Um, well, Valerie, um, we've come to the end of our time together, but I have to say it's been, yeah, no. I know it went so fast. Um, it has been a true honor 
to have you on my podcast on American Theatre Artists Online. I grew up completely adoring the work of Bob Fosse and wanting to um, just, you know, learn as much as I could about him. And you are an integral figure in the history of his work. So I am deeply honored and grateful for you being on here today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, darling. Stay blessed and stay safe. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the American Theater Artists Online podcast. This episode was edited by Zach Walsh. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider donating to the Actors Fund today. Just go to actorsfund.org and press donate. If you'd like to share your feedback or send us comments, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at American Theater Artists Online.